Welcome to Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, a wife, mom, and board-certified OB-GYN. This is a place to educate, empower, and inspire. Join us each week as we share the power of women's stories. Real women, real stories, real inspiration. Put on your stretchy pants. Let's get going. Welcome to Sky Women. Today we have with us Dr. Diana Sadiq. Dr. Diana is a friend of mine from med school. And when you've done your medical school training together, I feel like you have a lifelong connection regardless of where things take you. <laughs> Welcome, yeah, Dr. Agree. Sadiq. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. So Dr. Sadiq is a physician, a mindset and life coach, a yoga teacher, a wife, and a mom of three littles. And like so many of us, she spent many years training and putting all of her energy towards this one goal. And along the way, her goals and priorities shifted. And so she had the courage to pivot too. And we're going to talk about this today and how we can empower you if you feel like you're on the same path. Yes. Yes, so many of us have kind of that one goal we have in mind and we strive for, we do everything right, you know, like we did all the things we were told and then we get there and it's like, this is it. (laughs) And so I think that 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 was part of my story and definitely the thing I hear from the clients that I coach and other physicians as well is you, you kind of get to where you did all the right things, but now you feel like you're on a hamster wheel and it just doesn't feel as fulfilling as you once envisioned. Like the thing that was driving you to do it all is that feeling that I'm going to get to this pot of gold. As the arrival fallacy. Yeah. Yeah. Once we get there, it'll be better. Once we get the degree, yes. once we buy the car, once we marry this person, once we have this many kids, we buy the house, you know, all the things. And you show up in this life that you intentionally created and you're like, what the heck? This doesn't feel like it was supposed to feel. Right, it was supposed to feel different. And sometimes that's because you were waiting for that thing the whole time. Instead of being happy throughout the journey, you kind of were like, that happiness will come when I get that, you know, external thing. And so some of it is that, that, you know, you were putting off creating your own happiness in your life until you reach that thing. And then some of it is, no, I was happy along the way. It just kind of got there. My goals changed, like life changed. And I think for a lot of us women, when you start a process and you're younger, your priorities change and life changes and you have kids and, you know, your interests change. And somehow I think a lot of times people feel that you're not supposed to change. You know, you're, no, no, you put in all this money to go to college and med school and everything why would you not do that thing? And it's like, well, I've changed. My priorities are different now. And it's okay. And I think that's one of the biggest things is like somebody telling you, like, it's okay. Nothing is wrong with you that you changed your mind. Right, right. I mean, just look at toddlers. They do it all the time, right? <laughs> boldly. <laughs> yeah, and they boldly. don't Yeah, they boldly change their mind and they don't ask for forgiveness, right? And so I think that it's really important for us to just give ourselves some grace and and be able be willing to pivot when it's not working. Right. Absolutely. I think this is so relatable to all women. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to talk about coaching and what that really means because I have had some people in my life say, "Oh, that's for the weak-minded." 
And I disagree. I am one who is a big believer on personal development and growth, right? And always having that growth mindset and always looking for how I can level up, right? But that doesn't mean increasing your stress. Like I want to find the joy in life and, and help others get there too. So talk to us about coaching and kind of what that is and what it is in your mind versus like counseling or psychiatry. Yeah, absolutely. So I've always been interested in self-development, personal development, but there has always been something that falls short of just like kind of reading the books for me. And it was like, I read the books, man, that was a good book, but maybe either implementing it or really taking it and personalizing it and kind of where the gap has been. And so the biggest growth and ahas for me has been when I started getting coaching. And so coaching basically is helping others work on kind of peeling away your self-judgment and your, your criticism and starting to kind of see things for what they are. So often our brains just all the time, right? Like just give us thoughts and we just take them and we believe them like they're fact, and we react. So our whole day is spent reacting mm-hmm. to these things <laughs> that we think are true. And so it could be like, you know, you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm so tired. This is going to be a crappy day. And you just, your whole day is by that thought. And really coaching is slowing it down and being like, let's, let's look at that thought. Is it even true? And the majority yeah. of times it's like, well, no, <laughs> no. Right. And so it's finding power that you have so much more power than you realize in these thoughts and slowing down and being aware of what you're thinking how much control you really do have in your day, in your interactions and how you feel. So it's working with others to show them that power that they have. It's been the most amazing work. Definitely. I think when people think it's weak, they, they kind of don't know what they don't know. It's one of those things. It's like, well, you haven't experienced it yet. (laughs) Right. Right. Because I, I was listening this morning to a podcast and they mentioned the fact that we have 60,000 thoughts a day, right? And mm-hmm. 85% of those are negative thoughts. <laughs> yes. And if Isn't we cling amazing? amazing, right? And if we cling to those negative thoughts because they're repetitive, right? So we've thought them so many times that we believe mm-hmm. them and we don't slow down and take a minute to be present and concentrate on our breathing and kind of slow that mind down to question those thoughts, right? We wind up with all these limiting beliefs. I'll give a perfect example. I said that I'm, <laughs> I said that I'm don't have a green thumb. Okay. Can't mm-hmm. keep the plant alive because it's not asking me to be fed. <laughs> yeah. I got too many kids. <laughs> right. And this total limiting belief. And I decided that I was going to take on one small area in our garden and it's lived and looked beautiful and it's flourishing for, you know, this little flower bed for three to four mm-hmm. months. And I thought, oh, okay, that's work. Well, then I'll, I'll do this other area. Right. And I was like, that was a limiting belief. But I told myself that right. I couldn't keep any place alive. I mean, this is a small example. You know, another example would be, I told myself I wasn't good with money because that's what everyone tells us. Physicians aren't good with money, right? Especially mm-hmm. women, physicians, right? They haven't been given right. the training. <laughs> but here I am running yeah. my own business because I let go of those limiting beliefs. <laughs> yes. So it's yes, possible absolutely. for any of us. Yeah, it really is. And it's it's some of the bigger things like that I have to work full time because 
That's just what people do when they get their degree. I have to keep working. I, you know, these are all limiting beliefs that you've been fed over and over. And so you believe them that that's true, right? If I complete medical school, then I have to practice clinical medicine. Um, That was one of mine. So when I decided to leave my medical practice, it was like, well, who am I if I'm not practicing clinical medicine, right? That was a big limiting belief that I had to, I had to work around to be able to even see possibilities. So that belief like really puts a wall where you can't even think past that. Yeah. And so, so often that's where people are, is they're like, I can't even think of possibilities. This is all I can do. And it's because there's that limiting belief there. Once you work through that, that wall crumbles and you're like, oh my gosh, look at all these possibilities here. All the possibilities. And I feel like we so often operate out of fear. Like, well, if I work part-time, I won't be able to pay my bills. Or if I do, you know, life is all about choices, right? And you choose to be curious and let curiosity lead you. I think instead of fear-based and just sitting back and worrying and ruminating, right? If you just are curious and explore the options. I think that it, it um, allows you more growth. Yeah, fear will definitely keep you stuck. I mean, that's its role, right? Your brain is like, don't do that. It might not work. What if, what are they? It's right. all those fear-based right. thoughts. And if you keep believing them and relying on those thoughts as true, you're just gonna, you're not gonna move. And, and so a coach is there to be like, hey, that's not true, right? Like, let's talk about that thought. And to help you start clearing those negative thoughts out and yeah. pointing them out, and you're so close to the problem that it's hard to see, you yeah. know? Yeah. Coach will be like, hey, hey, that's, that's not going to, that's not a good one for you. Let's, let's look at some other thoughts. And often I ask my clients, is this a fear-based decision or thought, or is this a loving thought, right? And mm-hmm. loving thoughts and decisions are really the ones that help you grow and progress. Absolutely. So I often remind women in the office and friends, you know, I'm reminding them to talk to themselves the way that they would talk to their daughter, the way they would talk to their best friend, right? Instead of, you know, I, you're too heavy or you don't do this or you don't do that or you should do that. And, you know, you're a lousy mom, like all these things that we might be saying to ourselves, right? Instead, yeah. allowing yourself grace and love and building yourself up. Like we have just been on this rat race and talking negatively to ourselves. And I think it's just really harmful. Yeah, we are so mean to ourselves. I mean, really, there was an exercise, I think it was during my yoga training that we did where it was like, okay, look in the mirror and say the things out loud that you are saying to yourself about missing the performance, about being late. And you're almost even embarrassed to say that out loud or say it to your friend. I dare you, you know? And it's, no, I would never say that. Just a good reminder of that's what you're saying to yourself. Right. Oh my gosh. Right. If we said those yeah. things to outflash oh others, like we would be mortified, right? Like yeah. you would never talk to You'd be like, someone else. I can't believe this is coming out of my mouth right now. <laughs> Let's dive into your story a little bit. So you finished medical school, you trained in residency as a pain management physician, correct? As physical medicine and rehab. So one subspecialty of that is pain. There's subspecialties as well. I really spine, spine and pain, non-surgical spine treatments and pain, and then worked full-time, essentially full-time for eight years in an academic institution, 
It was a great place to be. I loved my coworkers. I enjoyed my patients, but you know, life happens and we wanted a family and we had three kids. And, you know, I think each time of having a child and going to work and pumping on the way to work, right? Like, and pumping between patients and being stressed out. And each time just took a little bit more out of me of like this life, you know? And yeah, I did it the first time, second time, third time, but third time, it's like, why? Why am, why am I stressing myself out to this degree to live my, the life, you know, to try to balance this life of being a mom and working, right? And part of my struggle was just the inflexibility of the work side of it. That, you know, you had to see a certain number of patients within a certain time. You couldn't miss clinic for sick kids or, you know, school functions. And that was, I think, the part that, that really started getting to me. It wasn't really that typical burnout of, and, and actually that's kind of also what made it hard to leave is it's not that I hated it. it just right. didn't look. so it was like that in between this is tolerable I could keep doing this I finally got to the point point where I was like but do I want to it's not really that little when you start actually listening to your soul and that little voice yeah I don't really doing this so how did you tune into that and how did you make that leap yeah it was not easy But I think just being being open to just listening to yourself and not making yourself wrong for having thoughts or desires that are different than the mainstream, you know? So that voice had come up before and every time I would see somebody leave our practice towards the end, that's kind of when I knew. When that last person left before me, one of my partners, and I was like jealous. I was like, ah, I wish I could do that. And they all left for another job. So it was different, but just the idea of leaving the practice and I had that longing for it. That's kind of when I was like, I need to tune into this or, or I'm stuck or I'm just going to live kind of half-hearted life, which is not what I wanted. I wanted to be living wholeheartedly for me, for my family. And so I talked with my husband about it, who's amazing and supportive and that helps a ton. Because he was kind of encouraging that, listening to that soul, right? He's like, listen to it more. What is it saying? What would you want to do? You know, asking kind of those coaching questions before I even knew what coaching was. And, and we kind of set a plan. And that's something that now in retrospect, now that I coach people, I can say, hey, you don't just have to shut your brain, these thoughts off. You don't have to just shut your brain off and say, no, 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 we're not listening to you. You kind of have to get your brain on board so that this goes smoothly, right? So when my brain is telling me like, no, you can't leave your practice. Are you crazy? What are you doing? I didn't just say, brain, I'm not listening to you. I'm leaving. Be quiet. I'm out. I was like, okay, brain, let me get you on board. What do you need from me? Right? And, and my brain was like, hey, I need a plan. I need some, I need to know that we're financially okay. And, you know, a longer plan would be great, but I didn't know what that was. So it was like, okay, I'll give you part of what you want because it's financial. And so my husband and I were like, okay, let's financially make this work. We downsized our house. We got rid of our nanny, you know? So that appeased me enough to be like, okay, this is still really scary and still a huge stretch of my comfort level. (laughs) It was beyond stretch. It was like blasted out of my comfort level. 
but let's like, let's go. So I put in my notice and of course it was like, what? Like, you know, mind blown. What are you doing? You're crazy. Using those words. I don't know if anybody said that, but, but they did offer, you know, why don't you just go on FMLA? Why don't you just leave for a little bit and come back? This just must be a little thing, you know, like this just must be a little crisis. It's a phase. Don't get over it. <laughs> yeah, it's a phase. Just go take a little break. At this point, how old are your yeah. kids when you're making the transition? My youngest was two. My youngest was two. And so the others were five and seven. Yeah. So it was just, it, it was a decision. I just had to jump and do, I think if the longer I sat on it or if I waited to be comfortable, it wasn't going to happen. So I got my brain on board enough to jump, but I couldn't wait to be comfortable. That just wasn't going to happen. <laughs> I think that happens a lot with people, right? Like you wait to be comfortable to take a jump or a leap. And it's like, well, you're going to be waiting a really long time. And life well, is going to happen. Yeah. We want, we want the certainty. We want to know that it's going to work out. Right. And the one thing I know is that there is no certainty in life. <laughs> you know? There's no certainty that you'll get accepted to the college. There's no certainty that you'll graduate. There's no, you know, there's zero certainty. There's zero certainty that you'll have a healthy baby. Right. I mean, there's, or that your marriage is going to work out. Like there's no certainty. At some point you make the decision, you live your life, you move toward what it is that you want. Right. And the only, there is no certainty a hundred percent. And it's a, that can be a hard reality to face, but as you grow and change your mindset to accept that, that there is no certainty in things. But what I can be certain about is that I'm going to have my own back. I'm going to go live my life, have my own back, regardless of what happens. And that is like the key to taking and leaps is like, I'm going to have my own back. So building that is so important. And that's one thing that I got through coaching, through getting, receiving coaching, right? Mm-hmm. Is that confidence in myself, that certainty that I'm going to have my back no matter what, even if this flops completely, I'm still going to have it. Right. Yeah. I, I think that that's key. I think that we have to take, make that shift from being our own worst enemy (laughs) to really trusting, you know, having that gut intuition and trusting that and having our own back. I think that that's so key. I wish that I had known you were coaching years ago, whenever I went part-time because I had that similar identity crisis of, you know, I love my full-time practice. I love being just a primary OB-GYN. It was my jam. You know, I was mm-hmm. having my craft. I was so happy. And it was around year five where this just wasn't working anymore. You know, I needed more yeah. flexibility. I felt like I was always letting myself, my kids, my husband, my patients mm-hmm. down. So I think I had a big identity crisis during that time because my brain was like, you should be doing more. You should be working full time. You should be operating. You should be delivering all the babies and taking that break and leaning into my family and being the primary parent and just doing shifts here and there. I really felt like my career is passing me by. I've just worked 13 years to become a doctor and I've only practiced for five. What am I doing? You know, and I was looking to everybody else to give me the answers instead of 
I'm getting quiet and going within and figuring out what it is I really wanted. Yeah, I love that. And that's that's one of the beautiful things about coaching is when I have, I'm working with my clients, it's, it's recognizing and, hey, you have everything you need. You already have everything you need inside of you. And helping them build that belief too and that trust that those answers are there we just have to get quiet enough and peel back enough like layers and self-criticism and the negative chatter to hear those answers. And when they start seeing that, these light bulbs start going off and it's like, mad. that's where the magic happens, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It really is. It really is beautiful to watch the transformation from stressed, overwhelmed, closed off, limited it's hard for your brain to think possibility when it's in stressed out mode right when it's in in negative mindset and stressed out mode you really can't think of possibility and so part of it is getting out of that mode first and then the doors open and that's been a I've loved combining kind of my mindset coaching and life coaching with my yoga training and the mindfulness component because it really has been, sometimes you want to get out of your head. You're like, mm-hmm. I've definitely had that in moments in my, in receiving coaching is I need to get out of my head. I know I need different. I know I'm shifting my thoughts, but I can't be in my head anymore. I just need to drop down into my heart and just listen for a while. And that's mm-hmm. something that and the mindfulness has really lent to that part is like, let me just listen and be kind to myself while I listen. <laughs> Not judge, no judgment there. Oh, isn't that the hardest part? I think we judge ourselves the hardest. So how do we teach others to do that? Oh gosh, it's a process for sure. I think meditation is so helpful and it doesn't have to mean, I think sometimes people get scared of the word meditation because they have preconceived notions about it or they think I can't do that. Like it's a skill I just can't do. And it is something that just takes practice and maybe just starting with one minute right? And it's just your role in meditation is to detach from your thoughts. So it's not to stop thinking. And I think that's where sometimes people are like, well, I can't stop thinking. Those thoughts just keep coming. And it's, right. it's like, we know they're going to keep coming. Just don't attach to them. So imagine they're like a cloud and they're just going to pass. You're going to go, okay, I'm sitting here quietly. And your brain goes, what are we eating tonight? I don't know. You know, <laughs> what are we going to eat? Did I pick up the kids laundry? You know, like your brain is going to have these thoughts and it's just going, Oh, there goes that cloud and letting it go. So not holding on to it and getting trapped in the emotion of it, whatever thought just watching it pass by yeah. and not judging yourself that it came because it's going to. Right. It's also, I've heard it described as a touch point before. And it's almost like you get one touch point with these thoughts, especially while you're meditating and trying and so once it, you, you hear the thought or you see the thought, that's your touch point. You don't get to touch it again. It just floats by and it, it leaves the arena, right? Mm-hmm. It's just practicing. It's not a natural thing for us, right? To like not hold on to the thought or feeling that comes up. And it's practicing like letting it go. I had a thought, okay, it's moved on. I feel kind of funky, but I'm gonna let that move on right now. I'll come back to it later, right? But just... Starting to train yourself to let things go. That, that can be a minute and do that for, you know, a couple of days, a couple of weeks, and then increase to three minutes. 
And you will start finding that you're able to sit with things, that you're able to pause. And that's what I tell my clients, practice the pause. You're able to start recognizing there's a pause there before you have to react. So even in self-judgment, when I am late to something, it's like practice the pause before I can start judging myself and beating myself up. Let me just pause for a moment and really reflect on how can I, how can I talk to myself with kindness? What would I say to my, you know, friend who was running late for this? So it's that it's creating that, that ability to put a pause in your, in your life, in your moments, in your days. And it's super powerful with the mindset work, because now when you pause, you can say, what thought would I rather have? What's the thought that actually would help me feel better, get something I want, have a better day. So it's yeah. I would start with meditation. So I think like when you brought up, if you wake up and you have this crappy thought, right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it could perm- it'll permeate your whole day. It can sour your whole day, right? Yeah. Instead of taking a minute, taking a deep breath. Why am I thinking this way? What is it I'm feeling? What thought would serve me today? What would help me to have a great day? Right. Just like those simple yeah. pauses. Yeah. Um, do you feel like you have to be sitting still to meditate? Uh, no, that's a great question. And no is the answer. Um, because really you can do mindfulness and meditation in anything you do. So while you're eating, it's like while you're chewing your food, just pay attention to the sensations of the food that you're eating, the motions of your muscles. Like it's just pausing to pay attention without judgment. So if you're really paying attention to your food that you're eating or the sensations in your body, then you're not really attaching to your thoughts because now you're just observing. And so it's, it's interesting that it's, I was thinking about this. It's interesting that it's called mindfulness because it, it isn't really about your thoughts being there at all. It's really kind of observership. You're just observing things. And when you observe, you don't attach all of that negative, that negative self-criticism and you fear you attach kind of you can come back to it from a very intentional what are some loving thoughts I can have here right what is something I remind myself of that's a really helpful question so sometimes people look at mindset coaching or coaching in general and they're like oh these affirmations like either they're doing them and they're not getting results or they're like I'm not just telling myself I'm a millionaire like that's not going to help me (laughs) become a millionaire and I agree because really it's, it's a serving, you don't just want to pick positive thoughts that you don't have emotion behind. That's the key. And so, so it's like, what can I remind myself of? That's such a good question because when you're reminding yourself of something, it's something you already believe. Like mm-hmm. your day starts and you're like, this is going to be a crappy day. You're like, what can I remind myself of today? And it's like, I can remind myself that I am so grateful I have this job I get to really help people. Right. And that thought is going to serve you a whole lot better throughout the day than it's going to be a crappy day. Because our thoughts are kind of like self-fulfilling prophecies, right? Like you create. 100%. Yeah. So I'm going to have a crappy day. Guess what? Like you're, you're going to be distracted thinking about how you're going to have a crappy day. Probably get an offender vendor. (laughs) Maybe. Your coffee's going to feel lukewarm. Like the whole thing. (laughs) <laughs> right. But, but I, I love this idea of like really observing your thoughts and observing what's going on and not being attached to those feelings because 
I feel like that when we do that, it more allows us this compassion for the human experience, right? Like we can say, yeah, that's a normal response to what happened. You know, if this is the circumstance, that, those are normal feelings and thoughts that any person would have, right? But right. what am I making it mean about me? Yeah. That's a huge one. We make, we, we're actually pretty self-centered. We make everything mean something about us. And it's right. like, really, if we take that out of it, don't make anything mean anything about you. Our lives would be so much happier. <laughs> so much. Yes. I mean, it's true. We are very egocentric. <laughs> yeah. I think about that even with like my five-year-old, like when he's not listening to me and I'm like, I feel my patience going down and my irritation going up. And, you know, sometimes... I won't say that I'm always good about catching myself, but a lot of times I'm good about catching myself going, what am I making his behavior mean about me? And usually it's like making it mean that he's not listening, that I'm a bad parent, that this is his personality. You know, I'm making these these big grand concepts that really if I just breathe, practice the pause and just breathe first and then think, what can I remind myself about this right now? He's five. Like he's actually a really good kid. He's just like not listening right now, right? I'm not negating the, the fact that he's not listening. I'm acknowledging it, but I'm also like, this isn't that big of it. Like it's, we're going to be okay. It doesn't mean anything about me as a mother. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. yeah. I feel like we do make it mean a lot about us. Uh, so, you know, my three little ones are fairly close in age at three six and eight now and yeah. the noise level in the house with the three of them who inhabit the same two square feet the majority of the day is insane and this weekend they were driving me crazy with all the noise and mess and I was like go outside mm-hmm. and play and nobody wanted to go outside and play so I thought I'll go outside and I'll work <laughs> in my garden <laughs> nice I'll remind myself because they're having a great time playing they're not bothered with their little creative right. game that they're doing right? So right. why am I making this something about me and how I'm, you know, my poor mothering and their love, noise level and nobody's listening to me. Just remove myself yeah. from the situation. Yeah. You're like, they're having a good time. I'll just be the party people outside. <laughs> totally. <laughs> always says there, whenever I'm like, Ooh, like this is the house is such a mess. And he's like, our kids are making memories. Like he always plugs that little thought in because it is a helpful thought to have it reduces my stress level when I'm like, they are making memories, you know? Well, like, yeah. so, <laughs> say that again. I said, like you said, the kids are having a good time, right? So they're making memories. I can just remove yeah. my, reduce my stress level on my own time. <laughs> yes. Okay. So what your husband said reminds me of my husband and that he always says that th- these are the golden years. <laughs> like we're gonna miss it when they're gone, right? Yeah. And yeah. and so I remind myself of that a lot when I'm like, the house is a wreck and I can't stand it. And I, you know, like I the, my stress level is increasing. Nobody else notices. Nobody else notices. They're right. just having such a great time. <laughs> right. Exactly. And you know, it's also interesting because also recognizing that cleaning up the house is actually it's a choice. You could leave your house a hot mess. So it's recognizing like, I choose to do this because it makes me feel better. Right? Right. Like my anxiety level to clean the house. So, right. Or you could actually pay somebody to do it for you. 
if you have the resources, right? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I'm all about that. Delegating is one of the most beautiful things. When you release about it, that's another thing. Like a lot of my clients, we coach on that. It's like we coach on releasing the guilt, right? Because once you release the guilt, again, so many opportunities open up for you. You can delegate things feeling guilty and you can work without feeling guilty for not being at home and you can be at home without not feeling guilty for working. So yeah, that's a huge topic and a huge one to coach on and get relief from because that will make your life better too. Getting rid of guilt, getting rid of shoulds, I should do this. All of that. We should ourselves to death, don't we? (laughs) Yeah. Stop shitting on yourself. (laughs) But yeah, so much good stuff. So after being held back and deciding to make that leap and reduce your hours and embrace mindset coaching and practice yoga and mindfulness, and it's just transformed your life. Now you've created a business to help other women transform theirs. So tell us a little bit about that. Tell us about the podcast you do with your husband. Y'all have such good chemistry. (laughs) It's so delightful to listen to. Well, thank you. Yes. So now I, you know, it's funny. I actually went back to working part, very, very, very part-time because I found the, the joy in medicine again, right? Like I found that I was choosing to go in. So, but I predominantly do life mindset and life coaching. I work with part-time physician moms and other professional moms to help them create a life that they love. And oftentimes that's, you know, they come to me saying, I just want some ease and peace and balance. And I want to feel fulfilled. So that those are kind of, we work on the mindset part so that they can feel good about it, right? Your thoughts create your feelings. They can feel good about what, how they're living, how they're spending time, what they're doing. And then they can go like create this life they love by all the things, how they fill their days, right? And their interactions with their husband, with their, you know, partner, with, with their kids. So it has been such amazing work and, and I'm so, so grateful that I stumbled upon this life. <laughs> and honestly, like I say stumbled upon, but I created it right with my thoughts right. and feelings. And had I not started seeing that there was the possibility for something different, I would still be working my eight to six or whatever, eight to five, feeling stuck. So, yep. So now I coach and you can find me on exhalecoach.com. It's my website. There's also information on there about working with me one-on-one. I have a, a pretty large Facebook group, about a thousand women that's not exclusive to physicians. So I'd love for everybody to join who's interested about creating a life of happiness and, and joy. And my husband and I have a podcast. It's called F the Joneses or Forget the Joneses. <laughs> But it's, it, it originally started, the idea originally started as, you know, we downsized and we recreated our life so that we could not live like the Joneses and just live like the Sadiqs, right? Like just love our lives. And so we created the podcast in that sense. And my husband's a comedian on the side. He's also a, a, in marketing. But so I enjoy that part because we get to just like laugh and talk and, and we talk a lot about, a lot about well, marriage and relationships and kids, but also the self-development component behind all of that. So that has been a real um, surprising treat. I, I never would have expected I would have a podcast, but it's been a lot of fun. So check us out, F the Joneses podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Yes, everyone go uh, honor Dr. Sadiq for joining us today and follow her on Instagram. 
go check out her website and listen to F the Joneses because you won't regret it. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Yes. Thanks for joining today. All right, Sky community. Thank you for listening to another episode. This episode was sponsored by Sky Women's Health. As a reminder, we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and we help relieve back pain and pelvic pain in pregnancy and beyond. If you are pregnant and having pain and you feel like you have no reliable way to relieve it, look us up at skywomenshealth.com, request an appointment, and we'll call to get you scheduled. As a board-certified OB-GYN with a Neuromusculoskeletal Medicine Fellowship, I help you realign with hands-on drug-free treatment and relieve pain on the spot without medication. We'll help you maintain these results through your pregnancy and postpartum period. Every pregnant person deserves this, and we are so excited to serve you. You can find us on our website, as mentioned, or on social at Sky Women's Health, or you can call the office at 817-915-9803. That's it for today. Until next week, be well.